0: tonight but I'm excited that they're still down here up front willing and and, uh, ready to participate in our singing together we're gonna do tonight like we have been when Doug's out Uh, I believe he's at polishing the pulpit this week so we're hoping he's doing a great thing up there and teaching Uh, first song we're gonna sing is the one you just heard there it's called Waymaker Uh, it's got a lot of repetitiveness to it so I'm hoping that that part of it you'll be able to pick up on Probably the hardest part is when we break off into uh, the the men and the women, uh, ladies, it's just, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working. That's that's your rhythm right there, okay? Uh, and then guys, it's the you're just going to be repeating kind of the main melody there on Lord, your way maker, promise keeper, oh, that's, my right words there. Promise Keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. So let's try singing this together. We'll start out here at the beginning.
1: book uh, songs in it, so uh, it's a song about the coming of Christ and the uh,
2: the angels singing glory to God. Now, if I can get my edge
3: uh,
2: in the chorus,
1: the sopranos, which is the usually the melody, melody, they have glory, glory, and the rest of the uh, uh, rhythms is glory to God glory to God uh, while you're we're pulling up at Frank could you move it just to the course just so they can see it and be ready for it I'm going to try to find my little app here get an eight flat yep. some 3 sits 8 so it just has a Little pattern like this.
4: Wonderful angels in garments of white came the shepherd from here.
2: heal our land I'd like to see that happen wouldn't you?
0: God, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. We pray for those that are not with us at the moment, those that are sick, those that are injured, those that are away on travels. We pray that you'll be with them, and Lord, we pray that you'll be with those that need healing. We pray that you'll bring back those that uh, that are away tonight, Father. We pray that you'll be with our classes, open up our hearts and our minds to what each teacher has prepared. Help us to grasp them and help us to incorporate them into our lives, Father. Father God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to lift our voices in song and to learn new songs and to strive to praise you in new ways, Father, That in new words that we may not have said before. Father God, we ask for your guidance in all we do. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, and the life that he gave for us, Father. And we pray that we will live in accordance to your will and that we will strive to be more like him every day. Father God, forgive us where we fail you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh.
2: Uh, It just needs to be closer to my face. Is that better? That's going to be too loud, though, isn't it? Okay. How is everybody? Oh, wait a minute. We may not be able to have class. Oh, yeah, we're good. There we go. I hope all of you are well tonight. Um, We'll go ahead and get into our class so that we have plenty of time to um, do the things and cover the things that we need to cover um but first Uh, well wait a minute i gotta get us Hmm? yeah he announced it yeah is there yeah yeah is there anybody who did not hear that because we were moving when he said that if you have not had a chance to take the lord's supper it is in the um um little chapel so is it auditorium we go. Okay, now I've got a uh, the notes open for us to take uh, names for us to remember on a sick list and pray, but unfortunately, as I look down at my iPad, apparently my pencil is lying on my desk somewhere uh, in my classroom at Wheeler, at least I hope that's where it is. Um, so, uh, Rather than try to type these, that would be more trouble than it's worth with uh, my two fingers. Uh, I'll just mention them, okay? Normally I would write them down, but I don't have my pencil. But let's remember, I know that, um, um, well, name just slipped right out of my head. My Brother Buster uh, and Sandra, of course, are dealing with COVID, and we need to remember them. Who else do we need to remember as we... Uh, give you that opportunity, and then we'll have a prayer in just a moment. Of course, we're going to remember Buster and Sandra. Ma'am? Rumel Palmer, of course, who is uh, still in the hospital, I'm assuming. Uh, I haven't heard an update on her this afternoon. Dean has COVID. Okay. Uh, there are quite a few. I know that there are... Um, uh, I had a teacher who texted me this afternoon and said I'm sick, and I, uh, I contacted contacted six people before I found somebody that wasn't sick or had sick or didn't have sick children, or who wasn't out of town. So, um, uh, it, uh, so uh, we were coming up to either put a sign on there'd be no class tonight, or JT was going to teach four year olds. So I didn't know. I mean, it got that close, JT, to you teaching four year olds? Yeah. His wife just said he would do good with four-year-olds. I'm going to take that as a compliment, okay? Uh, um, Who else? Jane Allen has COVID. Uh, It's making its presence known among us. Okay, Wynel's husband. Her, too, probably. Okay, her as well, Okay the Owens family, of course, and their loss, their time of loss. Now, sometimes when we don't write them down or we don't write them down sometimes, you know, this is not just a formality. Uh, just like someone mentions occasionally that the sick list on the bulletin, it gets ever, uh, it's ever-present and it's ever-long. Uh, don't forget to mention those people. Yes, of course, God in his... Omniscience knows every name and every need much better than we do. uh, But yet, he still wants us to be mindful and to be asking. So remember those folks. Uh, Let's bow with a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we are thankful for your goodness and your grace. And we know that there are many of our number as we speak tonight who are out of town who are traveling, and we pray that you will be with them. We pray, Father, that you will be with those who are on our sick list, who are dealing with chronic illness, those who have uh, long recovery times ahead of them, those who are currently dealing with the COVID virus as well as other uh, flus and viruses of such nature. Be with those who are struggling with injuries and illnesses that are requiring hospital stays and procedures and perhaps long recovery times. Be with their doctors and their nurses and their families and their caregivers and be with them that they not lose heart and in accordance to your will, bless them as you see fit. Father, as we study your truth tonight and we move into lesson two of looking at Bible answers, denominational doctrines. May we be mindful of the importance of your holy word. May we be open-minded as we study it and always vigilant to want to do nothing but to serve you according to your will. In your son's name we humbly pray. Amen. Okay, tonight, as we look at, I want to very briefly, so most of the time, if you were to come in, never having been in uh, a class, in this class, you just showed up one day, you'd still be able to study with us. And uh, several of you have requested paper copies, and and, um, and I, I promise I'm gonna get the, those to you. I haven't gotten around to that just yet, um, or, or sent you the digitals. Um, I, I'd like for us to do a little more studying before we... Uh, before I start handing those things out, but I promise I will do that very quickly though lesson one Just an overview not a, not a not even a review not even a, we're not going to go back and dig into it But in lesson one two weeks ago uh, We studied There are threefold purpose and plan for this class our objective I'm just going to read them not going to do the scriptures again our objective in this study is to identify, recognize, study, and understand prevalent doctrines, teachings, ideas, practices, and so forth that contradict the truth found in the Word of God, the Gospel of Christ, understanding that they are out there. And then our study aim is to refrain, keep from, we're not going to make assumptions, uh, name-calling, inappropriate attitudes of any kind, but instead to just simply preach or teach the truth or speak the truth in love to the glory of God and to the salvation of souls, that's our goal. And then our study premise is going to, uh, the whole, as we unfold this study, I want it to rest upon this premise to present only biblical principles by which all teaching and application of that teaching must be measured. And so that's the threefold purpose and plan for this class. Now tonight, as we dig a little deeper, I want us to think about some foundations of doctrine that please God. Look, this class is necessary. You look up at the top that Bible answers to denominational doctrine. I I spent that entire class because I wanted to make it absolutely crystal clear that our goal is not to nitpick or bash or to do anything of any nature other than to simply say that if there are... Now, look, the Bible addresses having different opinions. The Bible addresses seeing things differently and tells us how to do that. But when it comes to something that is eternal in nature, that, it is, that, that is, it's a spiritual truth that has to do with the salvation of man's soul, according to God's plan, the makeup of the kingdom, according to God's design, or the, uh, the worship of His people according to His precepts, then according to passages like 1 Corinthians 1.10, when I go read that, we won't even read that right now. We'll come back to that eventually. But when I read in that passage, Paul says, Let there be no divisions among you, but all of you speak the same thing in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, when it comes to things that are eternal in nature, that have been outlined and laying down, laid down for us by God, if there are two of us or ten of us... And remember, I want to teach this class as though I am talking to someone with whom I am disagreeing. Not disagreeing. We are at an impasse because we have come to, well, this is what and this is what, and they don't match. Well, according to... If 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10 is a scripture that is given to us by God, and it is, then that means if there are two of us who are talking about whether it's the worship of the church or the saving of my soul or the design of the kingdom or some other spiritual matter that's eternal in nature and we, our ideas don't match, one of us or both of us are wrong. Because according to that passage, and that passage all by itself, we could stop, says that, Divisions because of different speak, speaking different things and having different ideas ought not exist when it comes to things that are eternal. And so with that in mind, before we ever get into, for lack of a better term, the nitty-gritty then, the actual comparison of some truths, there's a second order of business, I think. Foundations. I want us tonight for just a little while to think about foundations of doctrine that pleases God. Pleases God is obvious, right? God is either pleased with it or He's not. He either accepts it or He won't. He either receives it or He rejects it. Now, doctrine, anything that's taught, anything that's taught as being acceptable according to God for practice, for, for worship, for salvation, for, for whatever... How important is a foundation? Very, okay. Why? Why is a foundation important? And remember, I'm talking to you as though we're in a Bible study. Why is a foundation important? Everything's built upon it. What? If it's not strong, that stuff you build on it will fall. Okay, you get that. Jesus understood that we understood that, or that we should understand that, because when Jesus preached the sermon on the side of a mountain, that's recorded to us in Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7. In chapter 7, he made it very clear. He started around verse 24, and he finished what we call chapter 7 by comparing two groups of people, or two men. One, both who were building houses... One who built a house on a rock, a bedrock. One who built his house on sand with no bedrock under it. And one of those houses failed and one of those houses didn't fall because the one on a foundation stood and the other one didn't. But all of that, he said, let me tell you, uh, someone who does my word, let me tell you who he's like. Someone who keeps my commandments, I'll tell you who he's like. He's like the man who built his house on a foundation, on a rock. And a person who doesn't keep my word, let me tell you who he is like. He's like the man who built his house on the sand. It failed when put to the test. So, before we go any further, I don't know if we'll get through lesson two or not. It doesn't matter. I've already told you that it's not designed that way. Before we begin to compare and decide whether or not what I think about a certain person, topic biblically is pleasing to God, I have to know what doctrine is that does please God. There are four foundations in my humble opinion, in my humble thought and study, upon which doctrine that pleases God has to rest. Number one, doctrine must originate in God's holy truth. If doctrine means something that's taught, if I'm going to teach it as an acceptable practice if I'm going to teach it as something that should be done, can be done, ought to be done in the service of God, then it must originate in God's holy truth. Now, it's easy to say that, but let's back it up with Scripture. 2 Timothy, and we're going to look at all five of these. It's that important. Now, I may quote one or two, but probably not. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Some of you can quote that from memory. Especially if I were to start you. Who's got it? Now, when you read that passage, and and I like reading from the ESV sometimes because it says all Scripture is breathed out from God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction. Okay, wait a minute. Let me make sure in righteousness. So to be taught about how to be righteous, to be warned when I'm straying from being righteous, to be corrected when I'm not being righteous, to be instructed. uh, Wait a minute in how to be to be taught what righteousness is doctrine all of that has to come from the mouth of God now does that verse not teach that yes or no to be thoroughly equipped to every good work I have to have what comes out of the mouth of God so principle one foundation one doctrine must originate before we go any further to say okay this doctrine we have a difference of opinion about the doctrine of, and you fill in the blank. Easy. What does God say about it? Now, let's keep going. You say, well, that's pretty easy. Yeah, I know it's a little, there's some challenges to it. Let's meet those challenges. John 17, 17, Jesus said there uh, in that prayer, he said, sanctify them through your truth. He's praying to God. Sanctify, set them apart. Move them apart from any group of people who has ever been or ever will be because they serve me. Because they serve you through me. Sanctify them through your truth. And then what did he say? Your word is truth. So if I want to know what truth is, all I have to do is locate the word of God and investigate it. Now, again, very, very simple scriptures, very simple principles. Okay, let's dig a little deeper. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. This is very important because there is a catchphrase. I guess I shouldn't say it like that. I didn't mean that sarcastic. There is an often used... I don't know the best way to put this. Loophole that we often find by just... In fact, I've had it said to me before. That is just your opinion. That's just your interpretation of Scripture. Well, okay, I do understand uh, 2 Corinthians 14 and Romans 14 uh, are devoted to how to behave when we have differences of thoughts on things. But not things that are eternal in nature, not things that God has already set in stone. Well, how do you know that? That's just your opinion, right, preacher? No. Second Peter, somebody read 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. We have also heard the Lord of
1: Christ, for unto the, world of the dead.
2: Now, please understand that sometimes there are scriptures that we have to study and dig into. And it takes some time to come to a full understanding of its meaning. God understands that. But now, he said we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. All you have to do is read passages like Mark 16, past verse 17, or past verse 16, when they went about preaching the word, confirming when that, the miracles that they did and the things that they that confirm that we have the truth. If this is not the breathed out word of God, then we need to go home. If we cannot know what God wants us to know about our soul salvation, about how to behave on this side of eternity, and how to be prepared uh, when we stand before judgment, then we are wasting our time. I am wasting your time. I am nothing more than a charlatan because this is a farce. It's a fiction if it's not breathed out by God. Now, a totally different study. We can actually know. We can understand that this is Scripture. There's so much evidence. Oh, it scared me there for a minute. Okay, no worries. Um... Uh, I thought somebody called in was about to say something. Okay. Uh, now, uh, when you... <laughs> got me tickled there. Um, but when I read that verse, I want you to notice again, he said, pay attention, knowing this first, that no prophecy. Okay, we had the prophetic word. When it talks about prophecy in the New Testament, it isn't always talking about in fact, there were gifts of prophecy, not prophets as of old, who foretold things, but prophets who were messengers of God. And so prophecy is God's message for us. We have God's message, and we're about to see that when we go to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. We have God's message. We already said all scriptures breathe out of the mouth of God. We have it right here. Now let's see it a different way. But wait before we leave this verse, he said, No prophecy is of private interpretation wait a minute now look I'm just a lowly English teacher that does well to balance his own checkbook I don't know fancy formulas I don't get I don't know if I can get just too deep and stuff but when it when I read no prophecy is a private interpretation does that not mean that I can't decide myself what I want it to mean? If it's no private interpretation, then it's not up to me to interpret it, me to decide what it means. It means what it means. Now, I have to let it mean what it means, and sometimes that takes a little study. But folks, he made it clear that holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, if this is God's Word on paper through His providence and His Spirit in power, and it is, otherwise we're wasting our time. It is, and therefore, it's not up to, it's not open to private interpretation. So saying that's just your way of seeing Scripture is a slippery slope at best. It's dangerous. Because that idea doesn't fit Scripture. Now look at Hebrews chapter one, one through three. Check it out. Somebody read that.
1: the <coughs> the
2: Now, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. when he had what? When he had uh, purified our sins, when he had purchased, when he died on the cross. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on a cross so that you and I might be saved, if you don't believe that, then you need to, you, you've got some thinking to do. But if you and I, if we're studying God's Word and we believe that, then we also believe that Jesus rose from that grave and he ascended back to heaven. You know what he did when he ascended back to heaven? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That wording is an authoritative position. As the Son of God, as the risen Savior, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. That is, he is in a position of authority. And in that position of authority, he is God's message and God's messenger today. Different times, different ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. He spoke to Moses from a burning bush. He spoke to others directly. Uh, In my opinion, it was Christ in the form of of the Son of Man who appeared to Abraham on the plains of Mamre, but that's, again, neither here nor there. He got one fellow's attention from the inside of a whale. Uh, He did all kinds of things in all kinds of ways, but it says very clearly in these last days... From the moment that Jesus ascended back into heaven until the time He comes back, He has spoken unto us by His Son. Now, that gives credence to Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Greek. But look at verse 17. For in it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay, if I want to know how to live by faith, if that's my goal, I want to know how to live by faith, and I want to, I want to make sure that what I am trying to do. Now understand I'm being very sincere. I'm being very sincere in in how I want to worship. I'm being very sincere in my understanding that, that, that I want God to save my soul. I'm very sincere about being a part of church. But if I want that to match the righteousness of God, then I have to compare it to the righteousness of God. Wouldn't you agree with that? The only place I will ever be able to find a description of, an outline of, a, 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 an outpouring of the righteousness of God is in the gospel because that's what he said. For in it is the power of God, um, uh, in it is the righteousness of God revealed so that the just can live by faith. So, very first thing, doctrine must originate from God's holy truth. So when we start talking about, hey, what about this doctrine, the doctrine of... Let's compare, let's talk about the, the church of Christ, the church's doctrine of, let's compare to, you know. Hang on. Before we do that, let's make sure that all doctrine, any doctrine that pre- pleases God has to have its origin in God's truth. Otherwise, it's not God's truth. Now, the second thing, though, the second foundation And if you have, and I I suggest to you, I strongly suggest to you, before you have a conversation with a, a dear friend or family member about different religious ideologies, ideas, beliefs, practices, before you do that, have this conversation. Do we, both of us, all of us, agree and believe that doctrine has to originate from God's truth, otherwise it's not acceptable? But second, man is not permitted to alter or change God's holy truth. There's three verses that show us that. First of all, make sure I'm on the right page, good. Um, What does it mean, before we read Galatians 1, I'm assuming somebody's got it, and I hope you'll all look at it, but Galatians 1, 6 through 12, what does it mean to alter or change? Take away your head too, okay? If you alter a piece of clothing, what do you do to it?
3: You may cut it off. You may what?
2: Change the size. Okay. What do you do then. You change sizes. Um, yeah, but every time I get it. Ex- oh, change. The- well, you don't have to get personal. I know you can't change your size. No. Yeah. Yeah. But what? You're, are you about to tell me that you can go smaller, but you can't go bigger? Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, or change something I think we make it the way we want it whether it be shorter longer when we alter or change something we
2: make it the way we want it why would you alter what make it different you, it is no longer it is different from the original okay and you do that most of the time to fit you I'm altering it to fit me oh okay now let's look at Galatians 1 6 through 6-12 the Bible addresses this very thing that to yours. Was- Paul said that there are some who are changing. He said, in fact, I mean, uh, there are some who are moving to another. This is just a a different way of of, uh, serving God. This is a different way. Paul said, wait a minute, there's no such thing. There's no, there is not another gospel. But what happened is, what has happened is someone has perverted the gospel the ESV reads that word, translates that word as distorts. That's interesting. Distorts it, changes it from its original. Oh, okay. Look, is that scripture not as crystal clear as the scripture should be? He said, if, if any, he said, first of all, if I do that, I'm seeking to please man. But I'm not seeking to please man, I'm seeking to please God. What I received, I didn't receive from man. I didn't receive from anyone's ideas or desires, but I received it from God. Okay. You and I have received our truth from God. And we're not allowed to change it. We're not allowed to alter it, distort it, uh, to suit ourselves. If we do that, he said we're accursed now. I meant when I said about not name calling or finger pointing but the truth is if you spend some time in the world you will discover there there are a group of people who are very godly who are devout and sincere and have in their possession a book that is referenced in its front cover as another gospel of Jesus Christ. And in its preface, uh, it's referred to as another gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you read, it exists because an angel directed a man to the place where the uh, plates were located to print that book. And there are many who devoutly follow the precepts of that book. But this truth... This gospel of Christ, wherein is found the righteousness of God that Paul said you cannot change, plainly says, even if an angel, even if an angel showed you something different than what's here, you and the angel are cursed. Now look, can that be any plainer? Uh, Man is not permitted to alter or change God's truth. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter three, uh, 1. 1 Timothy 1. And we won't read all of that Romans passage, but we will reference it. We'll go to it together. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I want us to start in verse 3. I want you to watch. This. Go ahead and read that. If I listen to it carefully, with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. Okay, wait. He said, and whatever else that's contrary to sound doctrine. Okay, I have a question for you. So, according to that verse, I can do things and think things and believe things, and etc., teach things that are contrary to sound doctrine. Yes or no, according to that verse? Well, I'm sorry. It is possible not to please God, but it can be done, right? A person can Teach things that don't match doctrine, sound doctrine. Yes, they can. Now, wait a minute. How would I know whether I'm doing that or not, or if somebody else is doing that or not, if I don't understand sound doctrine? Okay. Well, what if uh, scriptures? Why would searching the scriptures do any good? What if the scriptures aren't true?
0: Now, uh, bingo. And what
2: you said was right. I was kind of being a devil's advocate there for a second, because if you can't find sound doctrine, you can't compare it to anything else to know whether it's wrong or not. But yet he said, "Tell them not to do it. Don't do it. Don't get into these empty discussions that go nowhere. Don't get into these flights of fancy, following things that take you nowhere. Don't." teach or believe another doctrine. And you're absolutely right, Sister Sue. The way you know that is compare it to truth. If it's truth, it's sound. If it's not, it's not. You get that? We can know the truth. And we can compare. So what did we just learn here? Paul there said, Timothy, you make sure that they don't... Tell them not to do that. Don't follow anything that doesn't fit sound doctrine. So... Man is not permitted. I can't change it. I can't alter it to fit me. I want to hold a thought right here, and I want you to go to Romans chapter 1. We won't read all of this, but I want to show you a couple of things, if you'll let me. Let's start with verse 18. Now, we just read a little bit about some of the things that's going on in the world today. Here's a deeper picture. For the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Hmm. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God was, has shown it to them. For in His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Now watch this. I want to point out a couple of things. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise, they became fools. They started thinking for themselves. They started deciding what was best for themselves and stopped regarding God as the authority now to make that even clearer look at verse 25 now you're saying hey wait a minute isn't 24 and down isn't that a, isn't that a, uh, a pretty deep description of some, some pretty nasty immoral behaviors uh, yeah but look how it came to be well I know how it came to be people just started doing what they wanted to oh uh, well yeah but no what? What's this Verse 25, Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Once upon a time, people served idols, images, creatures made out of wax and stone and, and, and uh, they did all kinds of, of uh, uh, immoral and, and, and ungodly behavior to one another and among one another to, a, to an image. Now they just do it to the image in the mirror. Now the now the, the image that they worship now is the one in the mirror that they look at every day. But how did it happen? They exchanged the truth of God. They had access to the truth. So even today, among religious people, are there are, are religious groups in our world today starting to fudge on what is right and wrong? What's moral? Sure. Well, maybe we'll accept this behavior. And maybe we'll accept this behavior. When we begin to exchange the truth of God for the lie, for the lie that uh, we can do whatever we want to, then we are changing God's truth. But we can't. We can know if it's sound doctrine or not, if it's sound or not. So the principle, and again, you say, well, that's just plain old, that's just simple teaching. You better believe it is. The very uh, first two things we have to know before we get into any kind of comparisons, the first one is doctrine has to originate from God's holy truth. And if it doesn't, it's not doctrine from God. It doesn't please God. Man is not permitted to alter truth. You can't change it. You can't suit yourself with it. And then number three, man is not permitted to add to or take away. He's not permitted to add to or take away. Can't do it. Why? Because God said so. Three places in the Scripture, interestingly enough, in the, the law, in the beginning, in the Proverbs, in the middle of what we call our Bible, and then at the very end of the New Testament. Somebody read Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. Oh, come, come on so that you can go in and do what it is I have planned for you, right? And he said, in order to keep the commandments that I have given you, in order to keep the truth that I have uh, uh, plainly given to you, first order of business is don't add to it. When you add to it, what do you do? Well, yes, that's right. But what, what, what would you add? You're right. Both of you are absolutely right. When I add something, what would I add? My opinion. My opinion. Something something that for some reason I think enhances. We're going to enhance. When somebody says they're going to enhance something, be careful. Okay? Um, We're going to enhance worship to, to draw more people. You know, we're going to enhance uh, how we do things to draw a bigger crowd. That reminds me of something. I don't know who David Lipscomb is. Yeah, of course, you know there's a college. Amen after him. But um, when I was in school, I had to do some study of some of the restoration preachers, and I drew him. And so this is stuck in my head. He said something a long time ago that, that uh, sticks, J.T. He said, if you feed people cake and ice cream to get them in the church building, you've read it, hadn't you? You'll have to keep feeding them cake and ice cream to keep them there. Okay? Well, he's right. He's right. Uh, Because eventually the cake's going to dry up and the ice cream's going to melt. And when it does, they're gone. Uh, Don't add to it. Don't take from it so that you can keep. So you know what the inference is there? The inference is if you add to it or you take from it, then you cannot keep the commandments as I have commanded you because you don't have them all. Okay, Proverbs 35 and 6. God is pure. He is a
1: shield to them that put their trust in him. <coughs> His words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be
2: found alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 30th seed. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Did you hear? Read that one more time. Okay.
1: Yeah. For every word of God is pure. I put my trust in God,
2: I putting my trust in His Word. His Word is pure. Don't add to it. What happens when I add to it? Okay, think about this. Let me say it this way. Uh, have you ever... Um, hmm, let's see. Any of you uh, ever bitten into an apple and looked down to find half a worm? Now, okay, if you did... Would either are there some of you who wouldn't eat the rest of it? Okay, why? Because it's not pure anymore to you, is it? Okay, something uh, just like when I was uh, I was sitting on my porch with my cup of coffee, and the friendly neighborhood dog came by and helped herself to my coffee. Okay, I didn't finish the cup because I didn't care to drink after her. Okay, because it wasn't pure anymore, not my thought process. When I add to the word of God, it's not pure anymore, it's not my shield anymore. Okay, last verse, then we'll stop. Revelation 22. I testify to every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto them the plagues that are in this book. If any man shall take away the clear man is not permitted to add to or take away from God's holy truth I can't do it and then the next one we'll look at that Lord willing next week man must respect the authority and that's probably the crux do we have a problem in the world today of disrespect or lack of respect for authority okay we do okay we do and so we'll talk about that uh bow with me please Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for allowing us to study together. I pray that we will meditate on the things that we've considered and we understand that your truth is divine and that it's crystal clear and that we will seek to know it and to apply it. And as we consider any idea, any thought, any practice, that we'll compare it to your truth and choose truth. In Jesus' name I humbly pray. Amen. Thank you very much. I hope you all have a great week.